0: Live, man, uh, haven't done, uh, haven't done a breaking news podcast in a long time. We haven't had an emergency pod in quite a little bit. Welcome to, uh, the emergency edition of the blue 90 podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Bond joined alongside me, Seth Farnador as always, and we brought in Colin Sherwin, uh, to discuss, uh, some, some breaking news here. USF head coach, Jeff Scott has fired much maligned defensive coordinator, Glenn Spencer, after, Two lane put up 501 yards of offense against this Bulls defense. And uh, there are some reports suggesting Glenn Spencer openly defying a, a directive by head coach Jeff Scott in blitzing and blitzing and you know pressing a little bit more yesterday, and it didn't work out. So here we are. Um, some would say a couple of weeks too late, but what must be done eventually must be done immediately. And here we are with a game left looking for a new defensive coordinator because Jeff Scott understands. Colin, take it away. I know
1: you got some thoughts. Yeah. Um, I. To me, this is one of the 10 best things USF has done in the last five years. And it's just because it goes so against type. Um, the thing that USF has always done, and for the most part, I have always agreed with this policy, by the way, is Doug Willard famously said when Stan Heath was under the gun, when other coaches were under the gun. When Skip Holtz was under the gun, we evaluate coaches at the end of the season. And it was like department policy and it was like written on high end tablets and it just came down and it was delivered. And that was just sort of what was accepted. And I think from a, a, not only an HR perspective, but from a moral perspective, I think for the most part, that's the right policy. You know, people are dunking on Glenn Spencer today. Um, He's a person, he has a family. Um, You know, I don't, I'm not here for people to lose their jobs. I don't want to see people lose paychecks. But again, this is a job that is public facing. Don't get in this business. If you can't handle the heat, I get that too. The difference between the USF of five years ago, and seven years ago and 10 years ago and the USF of now is that there was a problem and they dealt with it. And like you said, what must be done eventually should be done immediately. And the reason that that's different now than it was before is because with early signing day coming in three weeks, I believe, a little less, you need to make clear to the kids that are going to be the future of your program. Who's going to be here. And you need to make clear to those kids as well, that are kind of on the fence that might sign early, that might sign somewhere else that are thinking, you know, that are going through their options. You need to make clear to them that what they saw on Saturday was not good enough. And that is just going to be the reality of this business. When you don't have to sign the first week in February anymore, and you have to start signing kids in December, that it's better for the players. The early signing day is it's bad for coaches But that's okay because we should we should be in this for the players, especially because they're not getting paid at least not directly anymore. Um, The fact that USF didn't try and spin it or you know whatever, and they just you know did what needed to be done, and and we're I don't want to say cool or cold about it, but just sort of very matter of fact, sent out a release. you know, Scott said some nice things about Glenn Spencer in a in a release and did it and did it with one game to go so that you're trying to fire up your team and say, look, this isn't good enough. And what we have done so far isn't OK. And we got one game for our season and you send a message and you send a message to your fans that what isn't good enough, that this isn't good enough. I am over the moon. I'm not happy somebody got fired, but I'm over the moon about how US have handled this and more of this, please give me more of this. Give me more. Look, you're going to play with the big boys. This is what the big boys do. Todd Grantham got cut. What three weeks ago in the middle of the season after a couple of bad performances, very, so And by the way, watching the UF defense and Seth, you can speak to this better than I can, but watching the UF defense and watching the USF defense rush three and drop eight on third and long and continually get dusted off the, off the world because of a lack of aggression and being extremely predictable and not seeming to have guys that play very hard in spots and, you know, bad, bad, everything, bad scheme, bad technique, bad, everything just, and, and doing something about it. I think this is fantastic. So like I, and, and if what we're hearing is true that, that Jeff Scott just saw one of the same things that everybody with two eyes and a television and an ESPN plus account saw, um, that's really, to me, that's a good thing. And, and that gets me excited for the future of this program. Um, so yeah, this is not a thing that USF would have done before. And I'm not happy that somebody lost their job, but I am happy about how USF handled it. And I, I am, again, I, these people saying fire, Jeff Sky, if it was an option, which it's not, you shouldn't do it anyway, because you're just throwing more chaos into a program that has had unrelenting chaos since Willie Taggart left, um, no. So deal with what's here. Take the worst side of the ball. Understand the hired a hired a coach in the first split that had no head coaching experience. And these are some of the growing pains that quite frankly are just going to come with that. Uh, I'm, I'm fired up. I think it's a good thing. And you know what? The, the spread opened at 14 at circa this morning. I thought that was about right. Now it's up to 18 and a half. That makes no damn sense to me. Uh, unless Dylan Gabriel's playing. If Dylan Gabriel plays then. Alright, look, UF's UCF's a lot better when Dilly Gabriel plays. But Mikey Keene runs his ass out there. We're getting 18 and a half. Let's go, Bulls. Cover time, baby. We got this. We are covering this one. Let's go. Do we get do we get a trophy for that? Do we get a trophy for the cover? Let's go.
0: <laughs> Collins fired up. Uh, and, and listen, there's something uh that's a little bit more poignant now than Maybe what we took it as fate at face value this week when Jeff Scott said, you know, if we're improving in like, like we say we are, we should be able to win a game on the road and that we can't hide behind the fact that we're playing top 20 teams, the top five team in the nation. Maybe it was more of a subtle thing toward Glenn Spencer like, hey, man, you can't. You can't say, you know, well, coach, we're going up against the top five team in the country. What do you expect to happen? You went up against a one and nine two lane team, absolutely floundering, and still got your ass handed to you. I think that may, I think that quote and the, and that sediment may carry a bit more meaning than previously thought. Uh, as as the week unraveled, am I uh, am I far far fetched on that, or is it seem like a maybe a double meaning there.
2: I think there's, there is definitely was sending a message to the team through that is say hey, Or you guys, because I'm sure the team is saying the same thing that yeah, we're, you know, we're getting better. We're getting better. All right, then let's go out and prove it. Um, they did not. Uh, that's an understatement uh, on Saturday, but um, I, I, I don't know if this move gets made. You mentioned Nate, like the possibility of like open defiance Uh, in some kind of insubordination almost um, that, you know, there are rumors that Jeff Scott wanted to play a certain way and they were not calling the defense that way. That's how you get fired in the middle of a season, doing stuff like that. You're basically asking to get fired by doing that because you're telling, you're basically telling the head coach, you don't know what you're talking about, one, and that I don't have to listen to you. I'm just going to do my own thing. Those are two bad signals to send to your boss. So I I I don't know if that was the intention to try to ride out through the season and and that was the final straw. Um, But regardless, the performance has not been very good. I I wonder what's interesting about the hire, the initial hire, and then kind of what you're seeing. And then I, I do think Eric has a good point of wanting a more experienced guy on that side of the ball with all the young assistants they had. If you go back and watch. FAU, when we back, went back and when the hire was initially made and we watched them and talked about them, they were aggressive. They went out and played SMU, played a ton of man coverage, really aggressive, and just totally detonated that really good SMU offense with Bichelle and and all those guys that had torn USF up that season. You did not ever see that in two seasons. You, you did not ever see aggressive man coverage really blitzing and doing all this creative stuff. It just It just never seemed to happen. I don't know what the reason was for that, but that could be part of it too. Where Scott thought he was getting this really aggressive, um, you know, exotic looks and third downs, all these different things, and and then when it and you just haven't seen that, so maybe it's just kind of part. I mean, that might be part of it too.
0: Absolutely, it just
2: it it
0: it, it sucks for. To, I hate firing people I, I'll be perfectly honest here uh, but oh, since I've taken over the blog I've said three people need to be fired and Learn all three <laughs> no no no, no. <laughs> we have <clears throat> No, we uh, we just let the contract expire. At, yeah. Actually, it'd get it'd relieve us of that burden. But you know, <laughs> between Charlie Strong, Sterling Gilbert, and, and now Glenn Spencer, uh, the writing was on the wall. And if you keep Glenn Spencer on for next year. You're definitely in a Sterling Gilbert situation. You're definitely lining yourself up to be like Dan Mullen six six weeks into the year where, crap, may, maybe we should have pulled the trigger on a different defensive coordinator, and now you're both out of the job. I don't think Jeff Scott will get fired after next year unless they go 1-11 one in, one in 11 or something like that, and it just is pure chaotic. But you were setting yourself up that – it could go that way. And it's smart as Colin, you mentioned they recognized it and did something about it sooner rather than later. And that's, that's a step in the right direction. Uh, perfectly Frank, uh, that is needed. And, uh, it's going to be an interesting way to fix what's happened. And I don't even know who the next guy up is, uh, Jeff Scott's going to going to announce on Tuesday at his press conference who's going to be, you know, taking over as the safeties coach, who's going to be calling plays. There's George Barlow's the only guy with experience calling plays. Uh, some scuttlebutt about Ernie Sims. It could be someone completely different. I just, I don't know who it could be uh, right now. And that's that's what happens when you have a young coaching staff and there's only one guy who has experience. When you pull this trigger, you gotta now you're just throwing someone into the fire who's maybe never even called a, a defensive play in in high school as a coach or bring coming up at any point ever it just kind of throwing them into the fire uh, against a rival is it's a it's a big decision so I, I can understand the hesitation uh, by USF maybe what not wanting to but having to do
1: so so let me um they know who's going to be who's calling plays on Friday. They already know. They just haven't told us. Right. But they know, I mean, a hundred percent, you don't do this unless you already know. So like, okay. Um, the, the thing that I like though, is that even if you have somebody who's never called a play one, that makes you less predictable. And God knows that is something that USF's defense desperately, desperately needs. And two, um, I would say that most of our coaches, I, I don't I haven't seen any of our coaches that aren't are either have some sort of physical challenges and they also appear to have all four limbs. So they can point on a play chart to blitz on third down. Okay. So they can actually like take the little piece of paper and they can go, we're gonna blitz here. We, like run this play, the blitz play on third down. And I think just that alone, even if it doesn't like You're going to get beat. Like, you you blitz sometimes, you're going to get beat. That's fine. But your players might be like, hey, now we're going to do the thing that we've all been saying because the players are thinking the same thing the fans are thinking, which is the same thing that Jeff Scott was thinking. You know what I mean? Like, it's likely, because let's face it, these defensive backs aren't very good. This this is a beat-up unit. They can't cover very long. Whatever. It is, And especially if Dylan Gabriel plays, USF's going to get Justed deep a couple of times in this game. They're going to do that no matter who the hell the defensive coordinator was. But maybe you give your chance your, yourselves a chance to make a negative play or two, and that might be enough. You know what I mean? I don't know how you can fix tackling in in 120 hours, but you know what I mean. Like, let's uh, just a different voice. And the fact that they're they're acknowledging what we all know to be true that this game can save your season, that what Glenn Spencer was doing was not good enough. And that to your future recruits, what we have done is not good enough. Come here and help us fix it. These are things that USF has not done before. So to me, this is a really good moment for the program. Whatever happens on Friday, this is a really good moment for the program.
0: Yeah. I uh, wanted to uh, just kind of discuss the the season. Um from the defensive standpoint. Uh, So they're allowing 36.27 points per game. Uh, Not great. Uh, They're uh, allowing 7.1 yards per play. Um, So that's uh, an average of 489 yards per game. Uh, The Bulls defense has given up 5,382 yards, which is just a hair over three miles, Uh, 53 touchdowns. Um, they've uh, allowed their opponents to score 31 touchdowns and 47 red zone trips they're allowing opposing def- uh, opposing offenses to convert on 63% of their fourth downs um, in addition to uh, hair under 40% on third downs but when you add in the 14 other conversions it's hovering closer to 45-50% of third and fourth down success rate for opponents
1: just horrendous. Just so yards not per play. Bad. I have a I have a chart. It, it takes out all FCS games. Um, but in FCS or an FBS to FBS competition only, 130 teams. USF is 124th at 7.3 yards per play. The teams behind them: Charlotte, UMass, Duke, New Mexico State, Akron, and Kansas. Um, Kansas beat Texas. Kansas beat Texas, but Kansas, but Kansas earlier this year was. That's why Lance Leipold, we, as Seth and I discussed on our other uh, event is Lance Leipold should be a candidate for bigger jobs because that's how much Kansas has improved this year. Um, but they are, they are an. It's not that they're bad; it's that they're an abomination. And it, you know, it's one thing if you're giving up 490 some yards to Cincinnati. Is one thing if you're giving up 490 yards to SMU. You shouldn't be, but like, okay, If you're giving up 490 some yards to Tulane. Who's not exactly out there, like, you know, going blur Oregon fast and eh, is kind of meh. That's just like completely unacceptable.
2: And a, and a Tulane team that took its foot off the gas in the second half. Oh, absolutely.
0: Everybody, everybody knew. Everybody knew Tulane was going to park the bus, and they did. And you know, I sent out a tweet I think midway through the third quarter, with you know, pretending to be. Uh, you know, someone from USF, maybe Coach Scott saying this, but I think he was smart enough not to say it yesterday. I was like, hey, we only held them to 10 points in the second half. And that's exactly how many points they held them to because they, they took their foot off the cast. They knew that they had this win comfortable. And they're, you know, they, they did break out one trick play that seems um, silly to do when you're up so much. But hey, Smoke them if you got them, and, and Tulane smoked them and, and smoked them good. Uh, yeah, you got to go <laughs> out with a bang. <laughs> you got to get them all out on the scene. <laughs> and uh, it, we discussed uh, in the post-game show uh, yesterday with Seth uh, that uh, East Carolina in the torrential downpour, 5.48 yards per play given up
2: defensively, would have ranked
0: 60th in the country. Your best. best per. Performance.
2: Best performance of the year. You give up f- almost 500 yards in a trench uh, down four and that your best would be about average. And guess what? They were not near that number very often. Now, to be so, fair
1: to Glenn Spencer, the personnel, it's not great. I got injuries. they don't look great, but like there's bad and then there's this. And this is a whole other level of bad.
2: Like, Yeah. And and we've, we've talked about that uh, throughout the year, but the other side of that argument is, and we brought it up, is, and we talked about it yesterday. Navy, like a navy, an army, they have fielded effective defenses with not anywhere near, I think, the raw talent and personnel that you have. There's not guys aren't transferring. I don't, you guys, I don't know how close you watch the transfer portal. You don't see a lot of University of Miami to the Army. Or to the Naval Academy. You don't see a lot of those transfers, right? So there's definitely more raw talent here at USF than there are there. And they're able to field pretty good defenses. So there's no reason USF cannot field a average defense. There's, there's really no reason for that.
0: Literally zero reason. Let's just go over the yardage numbers so we can cry uh, because it's fun. 501 yards yesterday. 506 to uh, Cincinnati, 646 to Houston, in a torrential downpour <clears throat> at East Carolina, you give up nearly 500 yards, and then Temple, you only give up 231, but that was in 15 minutes of offensive action for Temple with a quarterback who's no longer with the program, a wide receiver who's no longer with the program. You gave up six, six and a, over six and a half yards per play against a team literally imploding. Yeah, at halftime leads in four games, and for spanning from uh, October sixteenth to November sixth, and you you win one of them because your defense can't stop a nosebleed, uh, and this is the result. And it it's it was just so needed, and uh, I'm just glad it happened. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest in this like this was this was overdue, probably after seeing how fam, you kind of moved the ball pretty well. Like there were, there were signs early in the season that this was not going to be a good defense. And, uh, <clears throat> boy, how did they prove this right? <laughs> yeah,
1: and, yeah. And look, I, but, and credit USF for being proactive here. Um, I, I, this is great. You know, uh, I hope these kids are fired up. Um, I hope they are ready to go play in Oviedo and leave it out on the field. Um, you know, it's never the player's fault. That's just how college football works. It is never the player's fault. And so they got to, I hope they see this. I hope they're as excited as we are. You can see flashes on this team. Especially, I mean, especially on offense, but you see flashes on this team where you go, they got some, they got some dudes, you know, <laughs> like if, if McLean made some mistakes, mistakes yesterday, but like, that's a dude. You know what I mean? Like you can see Brian Batte is a dude, you know, you've got some pieces that you can build around. You've got the portal coming this, there's no reason this team can't get to a bowl next year with a plug and play with the right pieces and a new coordinator and a new system. So you want to build some momentum, play well in Oviedo on Friday. And um, yeah. All right. So guys, you, you're a little more plugged in than I am. Uh, I've only had one name floated at me so far. And as I know it's a name you've both had floated at you so far. Who um, who do you think USF goes out and acquires in the coaching transfer portal? Um, do you have some names out there that you think would be a good fit for USF after um, whatever happens on Friday? Uh,
2: Seth, I mean, it's hard to, you, it's hard to tell. Kind of, yeah, what where's the hire coming from? That's kind of my biggest question. What are the you know what is behind the hire? Is it uh, you want a guy that has play calling experience? Well, how you know how much does that limit your? Or you want a guy that's a play caller currently? How does that limit your candidate pool? Like, are you going to be able? It's not like I don't think you're going to be able to go hire a power five defensive coordinator. Are you going to be able to attract chief another G five defensive coordinator? I don't know. I think the money is pretty good. They I think they were playing they were paying Spencer like five hundred thousand dollars, I believe. That's and what's good. his.
1: What's his buyout, by the way? Because is it, is it one of these twenty-week buyouts, or is it like
2: yep. all of it?
1: it it's well, well, I mean, per the per
0: the contract, it's per the contract given to us, unless there's something with the foundation,
1: like with every other coach. Um, it's twenty. Which, weeks. By the way, I was told ten, I was told seven years ago that we'll never do that again. But go go ahead, continue, <laughs> even um, though it keeps happening.
0: So it's his uh, salary was five hundred thousand with a $6,000 monthly stipend stipend for for a car? $6,000 like what are you buying?
1: What are you buying for $6,000? A Lambo? Spencer got a Lambo fetish?
2: Genie need a Lambo? From what I, what I saw, Royce? You know, from, from what I saw, he loves long drives. <laughs> 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 yeah, so <it's>, uh... <laughs> Oh
1: mercy! Yeah. I wonder if that six K included like all your recruiting gas. Like you had to pay for the gas to go like get recruits. You know what I mean? Did, well, that I mean, wouldn't that mean that you would have to have an effect on the recruiting trail? Better than the old athletic director who used to put in for mileage to go to Lenny's Subs across the street. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That happened.
2: <laughs> That's a hard exactly. drive, man. Take where they like, give <laughs> So, so, I so I think the, that's the biggest question it, for me. Is it going to be uh, somebody with play calling experience? If so, do you think they can attract those guys from the, the same level? Or, do, or are you going to have to look for uh, FCS coordinators? Or is you going to go hire an assistant at a big program? Scott's shown the propensity to go back to his roots. And certainly he's hired... Um, after kind of branching out in these first hires, um, the the guys he brought in the offensive side of the ball came making a guy that was with him at Clemson, Bobby Bentley, a guy that he coached for at Presbyterian, I believe. So, you know, is, does he go back to uh, those roots? Does he try to hire a Clemson assistant away to be the coordinator, a guy that maybe is called, uh, you know, maybe never called plays? You know, I, I'm not quite sure. And that's where... You, you know, you're with him being kind of in a, a
1: limited tree. So, Seth, um, let's go ahead and uh, you know the coaching world way better than I do. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if you have specific names out there. I'm going to give you one that's certainly. Um, I I'm not saying anything here that hasn't been said on Twitter. So, um, mm-hmm. Danny Verpal, who is the uh, DC and safeties coach, the exact same position Quan Spencer had at USF um, at Plenty Kennesaw plank. State, um, plank, the, the team with the plank in uh, suburban Atlanta that has been doing really well at FCS um, they won again yesterday um, I I remember Danny as a player I remember um, when I lived in Vegas like 12 years ago he we've randomly hung out one afternoon um, with some old USF friends and uh, seemed like a super sharp kid um, I I think he'd be a fit. I, I don't know if he's ready to be a coordinator at the FBS level, but everything that you know, I know is that this kid is like really an, an up and comer in the business. And maybe,
2: yeah, maybe he's somebody to take a flyer with here, even in a coordinator role. I've coached with, I coached with some guys at Tusculum that coached with him uh, previously. And then uh, they coached with him after at Valdosta, I believe. And they all had good stuff to say about him. Said he's a really sharp guy um, that he would do really well. I think, when he's going to Kennesaw State. Um, Kennesaw State is 16th in SP plus in FCS defense. So one of the better defenses in the country. Um, and they, they're they doing really well in, in most statistical categories defensively. So, I mean, it'd definitely be a guy. You want a guy that comes in, the young guy that's, like you said, pretty sharp, that's got a passion for the university and would probably be really good in recruiting because of that you know, and, and I think he's willing, you know, the thing a lot of people said with Mullen, I, I wonder if people view Scott the same way when Mullen was looking for defensive coordinators, how many guys want to hitch their wagon to a guy that could get fired next year. And
1: yeah. and that was certainly a situation for Charlie strong. And that certainly yeah. was a situation that's been a multiple situation at USF for me. So years.
2: is that something he'd be willing to do? It seems like he would be a guy that would be willing to come back here to do that. Even under the circumstances, um, so I, I think that would probably be in his favor. And in, in addition to him being a good coach from everything I've heard, so I did, I, you give him a multi-year deal is what you do. You say, all right, look, yeah. you you're here for two or three, um, yeah. you
1: know, whether the new coach retains you or not, that's on us. You were going to pay you
2: other side yeah. of that is he coached under Kerwin. So maybe he saw what happened with Kerwin. Then maybe that kind of puts a sour taste in your mouth a little bit. Or, you know, you well, take that chance and sometimes it sets you back for a little bit. But uh, he's a young guy that I think might be willing to take that risk. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's he's certainly got a bright future in front of him. And, and even if it didn't work out here, I think, you know, yeah. it seems like he's the kind of guy who's going to be able to find employment pretty quickly um, with yes. the success that he's already had. So,
2: um, yeah, I, mean, I think that's... Other guys, I don't, I don't know. Um, just looking, kind of looking around and seeing who's doing well on defense. FAMU is uh, like one of the tops in yards per play defense at the FCF level do they have a guy you know they're in florida i don't know let's see nathan if he's back in are you back nathan can you guys hear me yes we can hear absolutely. you can't see you
0: <laughs> well i i figured if i just don't have my face on maybe my dial-up will work i what's incredible is i'm the only one home and the wi-fi wow. still sucks that's that's you need a you need but a I, heater or, or a, a plug in somewhere buddy yeah I, i'm literally hardwired into my my laptop oh my from God. my internet Oh my god! I know. I don't know what's going on. The man is trying to keep you down. They don't want this. It, they really don't want this hot, music hot music. content. Well, I was gonna. I was going the hot spot, buddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> I may have to. I may have to. Uh, is Brent Brent Venables available? <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> no. Uh, <clears throat> they're paying so into the they,
1: university. Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
2: They paid Spencer five hundred. He's making two point five million right now. Um. You know, what, what are you we think? getting questions? By the, I saw we have a bunch of people watching. Do we? Have, do we have any questions? Yeah.
1: Um, internal uh, Eric, promotion. I don't see it. I think.
0: Um, I, I think that's that's fair. And Eric, that's really why I went down the rabbit hole of checking out the the Clemson tree. I just don't see. I don't see it. They've had Mickey Kahn. Uh, he's been the safeties coach since twenty seventeen. Um I mean so he's he's been a position coach for a
2: few years
0: um but is this Mike, the is this uh, the Mike,
2: move Mike Reed is a guy that's uh, been at seems he's been at Clemson for a while as a corners coach 8 years on staff Um yeah I I think you definitely could go there trying to see guys that he's been with at Clemson that's kind of MO. Todd Bates defensive uh, tackles
0: coach. He's been a defensive line coach at Clemson since 2017.
2: And he is like and, a top 10 recruiter, I believe. Yeah, he's also the recruiting coordinator. Um, yeah, I, I doubt that he would get out. I think they probably, because I think he is the best recruiter on staff. Like, he's top five nationally, I believe, in terms of recruiting. Um, so, probably, probably a
0: downgrade in position, if we're being honest. Um, but a pretty neat note on him, between his tenure at uh, JSU in Clemson, every primary starter under his tutelage has earned at least one all conference selection.
2: Yeah, they're pretty so, <laughs> that's
0: a pretty good point. uh he is he's pretty uh pretty good at, at the coaching thing. Um but yeah, as you mentioned, Mike Reed as well, uh could be a could be a uh
2: He, he could be an opportunity. He could maybe be a guy looking at, I, I don't know. It's just that, that, that kind of gets tough. Um, you know, I, we might have a better idea of what they have kind of, if you go back and look at maybe some guys they've had previously as uh, GAs that have gone into other jobs, um, you know, stuff like that might be a good spot to look for. Um, but I would think he wants somebody that's called plays before. <laughs> Yeah, For sure. how about yeah. the next G- G- the next Jimmy Lake? How about Jimmy Lake?
1: Eh, <laughs> how about no, N- And <laughs> no? That's not there. There were some things off the field at Washington that were not good. Like it, it, you think it was bad in front of the cameras, behind it apparently. It My question way is way after, worse. Then why is he not fired with cause? Um, because there is now a. Backlash to the fired with cause thing in college sports, and that coach. There is a perception, and especially because remember the the Washington AD has been there like twenty some years. Yeah. Um. And there is a, and she knew Jimmy Lake from, yeah. Yeah. Um. But there is apparently a perception now that if you're the school that fires the guy for cause and then tries to go and reclaim the contract, that you'll have a tough time hiring a reach candidate in the future. And so teams are are just feeling like could they go after cause could have usf going after cause for charlie strong for you know telling uh setting up some kind or being aware at least of some kind of system where when the compliance officers walk out to the practice field we're all signaling to each other to get the coaches off the field um yeah you could probably go after and reclaim some of charlie strong's money but does that actually hurt your program more in the long run because all charlie was doing was mean coach speak trying to win Mm -hmm. and it actually hurts you in the long run. So that is a an entire philosophy at this point. I don't, I'm not okay. going to argue for the morality.
2: Yeah. Cause I saw all whatever. the, all the issues and then you see that they're giving him the full buyout. I'm like, well then what's, Why? what was the issue? Yeah. Or, or these right. issues was not have been that bad if you're giving the guy the full buyout, but okay. That makes a little more sense then.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, do we have, do we have more questions? Because I have literally, I do not know who USF could get as a coach. The only name that's been thrown at me so far is Dandy Verpale. and I that certainly makes sense to me. Um, you know, guy coming home, but otherwise, I am not nearly plugged in well enough to know who to go where. To go. It's um, trying to figure out who who's an actual candidate,
0: right? Like who I think clearly the Clemson route is tried and true for Jeff Scott, but. Yeah, Brent's been there for how long? Like, how many do you know of any other Clemson coaching tree coordinators or staffers who have left Clemson and have gone to like another place? Like, that seems like Clemson seems like the place where you stay for years until you get a better gig, head coaching job, what have you. I mean, Jeff Scott was there for what, 12 years before before anything? Tony, Tony Elliott's still there. Tony Elliott's still there. Brent, I don't think he'll ever leave. Like, and I'm sure he's been tried. It's probably why he gets $2.5 million a year is because he's one, he's good. And it's a good way to keep your guy on staff because uh, as Clemson's kind of found out when you remove a guy like Jeff Scott from your, your coaching staff, it, it can take a little bit to kind of reset and recalibrate and get everything right. So I I just don't know where they pull from. They're not getting any, maybe a power five, you know, fired guy or, you know, someone trying to rebuild, reclaim some of their, uh, cachet and you know todd grantham it's local guy he you know he's pretty pretty nearby
1: <laughs> unless he's gone stop, stop. it! i i did that on twitter and i felt guilty about it before i even finished the tweet like you can't you <laughs> can't do it usf fans are far too scarred like we can have fun and we can make jokes and and we can have people making these uh we can have our, our friend chris up in seattle making these amazing t-shirts that i hope he is able to figure out a way to pull off um But like you can't do that to people. That's just cruel.
0: cruel Well, you you guys were upset that Glenn wasn't blitzing, so now go to the literal opposite end of the spectrum and have Todd.
1: Yeah, but Todd doesn't blitz on third down anyway. Todd 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 blitzed Todd blitzes Todd, until he stops blitzing on third down.
2: <laughs> Todd plays cover two. A lot of it. A lot, a lot of, of it. it. Yeah. I had a coach that uh, I had come on and talk about, the defense coordinator. He said, Todd Grantham has a thousand ways to get the cover two. <laughs> but it's just... <laughs> he just gets all he does is he ends up getting the cover two. <laughs> How about... Here's, here's the name I'll throw out there. Uh, if you're looking for an older guy, maybe he's a guy that's been highly paid in the past, but he was... The defensive coordinator for Chad Morris, who I think um, I think Jeff Scott has a good amount of respect for. Uh, how about John Chavis? Hmm. Name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah he's the Arkansas D coordinator. He was at one point, I think it was a million-dollar defensive coordinator. But uh, has not coached since 2018, 2019 at Arkansas. Ooh, strike any 65. I'm out. <laughs> For those reasons, I'm out. Then I don't know. I, so I'm trying to kind of find guys that have worked with people he knows. The, the tree, like, since they kept so many guys on, the tree is small. There's not a ton of shade underneath that coaching tree. It's right. kind of, you know, so there's not been. Yeah. Gary Patterson, come on down. Seth, you got a
1: you got a high school guy in Florida that just and, and maybe not as coordinator, maybe just to fill in on staff. Do you have a guy where you go? Okay, this guy is the next up and coming, has been
2: a successful high school coach. The yeah, the guy the guy jumped. I mentioned the guy I mentioned for the thousand ways to run cover two. He's a really, really good young coach. He's the defensive coordinator at um Union County. They're undefeated in the playoffs right now. What Making level? Uh, they're smaller school, but it's a traditional power. He's coached at Trinity Catholic. He's coached a few different places. He's a young guy. I think he'll make his way up the ranks, but um, you know, I don't I'm sure he would take a job at Falford, but he's I, I don't know if you go to the high school rank. if you're going to that level, if you're going to the high school ranks, you probably go get a guy um, don't they have a guy on staff that was like the defense coordinator at Lakeland Um, I got a look. Oh, yeah. Uh, Will recruiting Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if they put him, move him in to an on-field position. I mean, that uh, if you like, I think if you're if it's typically if you're if you're hiring right from the high school level, um, you're going to hire a guy uh, with a ton of recruits, kind of in the you know a kind of um, hip pocket. Typically, yeah. Typically, a talent, really talent-rich
1: program. Clint Spencer still listed on the USF website right now, by the way. Um, So the the entire season he has been listed as the linebackers coach. He's been the safeties coach for like 19 months. Oh man. Go Bulls. Um, So the, yeah, I I would say if you, if you're going to get a a high school guy, you got to get a, a, don't you have to get a high school guy from like, I don't know, a Popka or IMG
2: or like, or like.
1: you know, can we get somebody from from a program like that that's bringing three kids with them?
2: Here's another. Here's another. Here's another name under the Chad Morris tree. It was Chad Morris SMU uh, DC at SMU Van Malone, currently assistant head coach, passing game coordinator, and cornerbacks coach at Kansas State.
1: And who has been good this year? Um, good on defense,
2: can, Van Malone. Pass passing game coordinator, though. Are we Corners. looking for? defensive passing game defensive passing oh, game. Yeah. okay Hold on. corners okay. coach his name yeah. is <laughs> check out this name uh, he played safety with uh, in the NFL with the Detroit Lions uh, uh, his, four years his yeah. full name is Van Buren Malone
1: hmm He's part of interesting Van Buren knows this
2: uh, uh, coached at SMU
1: previously and Tulsa would know a little something about this league. Um, has been at Kansas State since 2019.
2: Looks yeah. like he's an older guy now, 51. Yeah, he, uh,
0: he coached with Glenn Spencer for two years at Oklahoma doesn't look, State. Doesn't look 51. Looks like a looks like a spry young man.
1: So and, that could uh, be. Uh, well,
0: 2013, 2014 were Oklahoma State's best years on defense, and then it fell off, and that's why Glenn got fired in 2017. And then bounced around um, the last three. So years. did he
2: leave? To the is that when he left to take the job at SMU?
0: Yep, he took the job at SMU after twenty the twenty
2: fourteen season. <laughs> I mean, there you go. I think it cracked the code here. No, but mm. I, like, I think it might be a guy like that, somebody that's coached with somebody that he's coached with in the past. Um, so it, it, that that would be an interesting name. But I, those, I think, those are the kind of names that you're going to see. Um, it would certainly if going just going off of what he's done previously. It's going to be somebody he has a relationship with I think especially after going out and hiring guys he didn't know initially. Like he did not have yeah. existing relationships with Charlie Weiss or Glenn Spencer. He just kind of saw I think their geographic location and their performance they had and thought, you know what? These guys know how to recruit the area already. They're doing well. Go get them.
1: So So, let me ask you, when you're putting together a staff, um, I've heard you want to have you want to bring some of your friends and you also want to bring some guys you don't know. And you need a balance of both. Is that do you think that's fair?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't to me, it's always helpful if you have people that understand kind of the program already that have an idea of what the expectations are, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, like way back in the day, you hear a guy like, uh, I think one of Bear Bryant's famous sayings was like, I want to hire people that are smarter than me. Like, so uh, sometimes keeping the same people around, it it gets a little old. I mean, you're seeing this. I I think Jeff Scott can take a lot of good lessons from what happened up 75 to Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen's a guy who kept the same assistants around (laughs) before. years, even when they were kind of failing, um, very loyal to a fault, kept his defensive coordinator around, I think he learned that lesson, he kept his defensive coordinator around a year too long, I think just Scott saw that, what happened today, was like, you know what, let's not make that mistake, right, um, but, you know, so there's there's something to having familiarity, but to me, I think especially at this level, you got to go get the, the highest achiever that fits exactly, if you need you know, you need recruiting, you need you don't have to like you don't have to have I think coordinators don't have to be dynamic recruiters. Those guys gotta be excellent schemers. <laughs> they gotta be the scheme guys. Everybody else can be recruiting guys. If you find a guy that can do both, that's a positive. But um I think you've got to get a guy that understands scheme very well and can adapt it to a variety of personnel. You don't wanna hire a guy that can only because then when the defense doesn't look good next year, well, he doesn't have his guys in here yet. You don't have time to, for everyone to get their guys in. You got to have a guy that can go right now. So I think uh, finding the guy that's just really, really high level schemer is going to be the number one thing. And then recruiting and stuff like that, you've got a bunch of young guys on staff that can help there. But. I am. Mm. I am so with you, <clears throat> especially
1: at this level of college football, because you only can, you know, if you're at Georgia, You can say, we'll take that five star because he fits what we want to do better than this five star. You Mm -hmm. don't have those options here. You're taking the best kids that are available and you need to build around them. And so that, I, I, you know, look what happened when Sterling Gilbert was trying to plug, you know, running quarterback or, uh, you know, pocket passers, you know, Blake Barnett into a run heavy split zone system. I mean, that's stupid. You know what I mean? And we were doing it anyway. Because we. They, he's like, I got the system. I know it works. And we're going to grind out 3.1 yards per play. Because I know that, you know, in the long run, it's going to... That's just not what you... That's not how coaching... And especially in the era of the portal, where when the kid isn't playing, when you, he's going to transfer. You know what I mean? You're going to lose kids more than ever. That You're going to have to rebuild your roster almost year by year now. You know what I mean? You're not going to get what are you going to get? Maybe if you're lucky, 40% of the kids that you sign early on in a a few weeks, 40% of them are going to play four to five years here and the rest are going to transfer. They're going to fall off or something's going to happen or, you know what I mean? That you have to be able to build around the players that you have. So I completely agree with you. Um, And if, and if recruiting is less important because they have a young staff that can go out and get kids all the better. You know what I mean? But yeah, it, this is watching watching coordinators try and plug a square peg into the round hole that is USF football has been the bane of my existence my entire adult life. And I'm slamming on the table because I'm so frustrated. at watching Todd Fitch throw goddamn fades in the corner of the end zone, <laughs> and I'm done with it. And so <laughs> we're no more. I, I, and you know what? When they do scheme it up and they do do it right, you saw what Tom Allen did with that defense. The, the one year he was here uh you saw what wally b did now he would started to build out a system at that point and, and he was he had a 4-3 system where you know they linked heavily in what they call a triangle read and, and they played a lot of cover too um but that was he had a system and a format that was here but it, the guys that have been successful you know and when, when rod smith finally figured out like hey i, I can move these pieces around a little bit and with a little more freedom then you get games like the Amari Jackson games. Like I've seen, I've seen it what happens when it works and I've seen what happens. When it doesn't work. And it's the people who try and come in here and say, with all due respect to the current offensive coordinators, father, if you think you have a decided schematic advantage and that you can stuff your system in and start beating people, that ain't going to fly here.
0: I think you're, uh, you're right there. And uh, uh, Connor Farrell asked a, a pretty, uh, good question i just kind of looked looked it up see what uh brian john marie is doing he is he had, he had some he he spent uh the the 2020 season at michigan as a linebackers coach and then headed to tennessee to be their linebackers coach and you yeah, know tennessee's been they're pretty really good they're pretty good Uh, two, two of his linebackers, uh, Jeremy banks, uh, he leads the team with 96 tackles. He's got nine tackles for loss, four and a half sacks. And then Aaron Beasley is third on the team with 69 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss and uh, a sack and a half. Uh, they forced some turnovers, a couple of QB hits, uh, some forced
1: fumbles, Seth and I have been picking Tennessee I, a lot in our picks contest this year, so we we are familiar with the Vols. It's mostly been because of Hendon Hooker on the offensive side. Yeah. We? we have, Deep we have is done better well than you, you think. Yeah, they are. They're they're yeah. really a, I, look. Everybody's fun of play. plate of Donuts, but look, plate of Donuts had a really good first year up there, and it seems like
2: he's getting kids too. So they're going to be okay. Yeah. And then my question: I is, really was was like BJ. Was he not basically yeah. fired though by Jeff Scott? They all, well, I mean,
1: they they, they they all were. I mean, it wasn't really fired. It was just sort of like, hey, I'm I'm going to bring my own guys.
2: Yeah, I yeah mean, that's not really. Hey, like you have a fired. contract. I'm not retaining you.
1: Hey, I'm going to pay you to not be here.
2: I mean, there's two ways to look at this. <laughs> <What> <laughs> I mean, is that would you say would you say they fired Glenn Spencer because they're paying him not to be there? No, they no, they fired Glenn Spencer because there was a release saying that he was fired. Yeah. That's different. But all Harded the, ways. But the
1: yeah. Parted ways, but like the nine guys that that Jeff Scott inherited. No, but
2: I mean, he, still, you didn't think you didn't think enough of me to keep me around when you first came in, and now now you come crawling back.
1: <laughs> they always come crawling back to Coach BJM. Maybe they had a nice meeting when they separated, and, uh, you know, and 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 Jeff said, "Look, I'm going to go with a different guy, but I respect you, you know, blah blah blah. I wish you the best of luck, you know." Um, Need some help carrying your boxes to your car, like whatever. You know what I mean? And then me I I we're projecting here, we have no idea. But like no. there, I, I would say that I would be surprised if any assistant coach that was let go in the situation that that, that Brian jean Marie was let go in that's why would you know what I mean? Would be like, oh well, screw this guy, he didn't keep me. Well he didn't keep anybody. So now BJM's four two five defense was Pretty good for need five DBs. Put five DBs on the field for us right now it would be even worse than putting four DBs.
2: On the field. <laughs> they they have five on the field <laughs> <laughs> uh, here, uh, <laughs> My 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 issue within the last year, I think everyone talks about the pass defense. People ran the ball down their throat that last season. Yeah. They they gave up over two hundred yards rushing a the game. Their passing defense was so good because people only threw the ball. I went back and looked at this. People only threw the ball fifteen times a game because they didn't have to throw the ball.
1: And by the way, the linebackers coach at Tennessee definitely makes more than the defensive coordinator at USF, right?
2: I don't know. See, um, when I was talking to that other coach about Florida's defensive coordinator position, Glenn Schumann is Georgia's inside linebackers coach and co-defensive coordinator. He makes six hundred. So they're paying uh, Glenn Spencer five hundred, I think. Mm-hmm, checking it mm-hmm. right now. So five hundred a year could be. Could be close, but uh,
1: Tennessee on Monday released the memorandum of understanding for Hyples offensive staff hires, and those assistants will combine for two point <coughs> five five million in salary for twenty twenty one. So it's five hundred grand a year for five assistants. Um, although, if eh, I guess, yeah, because they're all the offensive guys. So it was um, O line coach, offensive coordinator was making 750, line was seven fifty. Running backs four hundred. Quarterbacks, 350 wide receivers, 300, increasing to 425 and with a a retention bonus. Um, That was for the offensive side of the ball, guys. So USF was paying Spencer 500. Yeah, Yeah, I believe so. um, So, yeah, maybe there is some maybe there is some room to get like a a position coach from a, a high major SEC Type school. Maybe there is the money to make that happen. Do you think it's you would a, think a position a position coach would want to move up and, and show that he can call plays for himself?
2: Do you think it's a requirement that this guy have play calling experience?
1: That is probably a question that I cannot answer. I That's right. I think enough. I'd
2: like to hear Tuesday if, if when he talks about the vacancy, that would be because yeah. that that would cut your candidate pool down quite a bit. If you're sure. only looking for guys that have called plays before, um, I don't think, right. We're not thinking, I think we might've even already go. Co- we're not, we're not thinking of an internal promotion, right. I don't mm, think any position now is, it's not like one position group is shining while the other, while, while the others bring the town It's it's been a pretty, yeah. now, obviously there's, is that because of the plays that are being called possibly, but I think it'd be a hard sell, uh, in terms of momentum and, uh, oh. excitement than, uh, To just promote somebody from a defense that's given up been one of the worst in the country the last two seasons, and I
0: think in college football especially today, I think you kind of need a defensive coordinator who's mm, crazy would be the nice way to put it. I don't think I don't think the soft guys work anymore. Like Dave Aranda, yeah,
2: you can. You've got to be if you. We'll take <laughs> this. Bring him in. Who cares? <laughs> no, <laughs> but, I, but it's an example you know. of a
1: guy, of a defensive guy who's super cerebral, super thoughtful. Um, led that LSU team defensively that was the best college football team yeah. I've ever seen. You know what I mean? Like they're so. I but I agree for the most part. But then like you get boom, motherfucker, must champ, and, and everybody was so excited about him, and then look what happened. Then Manny Diaz takes that same job at Texas. And look, and he's all fired up and throwing up fours and getting 15 yard on sportsman likes and shit, and then how's that working out in Miami? So like, you know, it, I think it can you know I think I, I think the situation
0: has to fit right for for it to really work. I think Jeff will let him do that, but
2: I think an interesting I think an interesting name um, that could be a guy maybe that's looking for a job, um, So if Billy Napier is a Tyrell us must Hey man, there you go. There's one. Um
1: uh Billy Napier. You're take t- take a 30-second timeout. Finish your sentence and take a 30-second timeout. That is not okay.
2: <laughs> no, this was a, this was a comment. This was a comment. That's something i just read. Blame Eric. Should I put Eric in timeout for five minutes? Eric, the tribe has spoken. You are on the side <laughs> <of timeout. laughs> uh but if if Billy Napier gets um, Billy Napier is a hot candidate for a variety of jobs. If he takes Florida or LSU. There is some thought. I've already seen it out there that if he gets one of these jobs, they're gonna not let him bring his staff with him. They're gonna say you need to hire a big time what defensive coordinator, big time whatever. Right? <clears throat> if they do that, Louisiana has a defensive coordinator named uh, Patrick Tony, I believe. that's pretty good. Yes, he's off the Ron Roberts tree, I believe. Who's the defensive coordinator at Baylor right now? Um he's really good. And so he, maybe it's a guy like that where um he does not get taken along on the ride to Florida or LSU. And then he's, a, he's suddenly available and he's really good. So maybe they're a guy like that could be available. I don't know. I, I don't think, do you guys think it's important this hire gets made quickly? I don't really think it is.
1: Um, No, you've got I think, a lot of
2: recruits in the, in the barn already. It seems like yeah. that, Kind of knew what was going down. It, it seems. Sure, is that your take on it, Nate? Yeah, I, I
0: mean, it, I don't think Glenn was a key catalyst in any of these guys committing to to USF, and I don't think it'll change much because the playing time's still going to be there. I mean, the scheme's probably not going to change that much. You know, depending, unless you like find a guy who just goes like nickel prowl and just like one down defensive lineman and ten guys standing up, like. Unless, unless you go something just completely out of the box, these guys are going to fit whatever scheme that Jeff Scott wants to bring in. Right? And it's it, – I think Jeff Scott on this hire, he's got to have put some forethought on, okay, who's on my roster now? What can they actually do? So I, I wouldn't be too worried about recruits leaving after, after today's announcement. And I, I think, you know, you, you bring up – um the pat tony from uh ull right yeah right. am i allowed to say i'm not allowed to say that right it's not they
1: ULL. Hate it, but it's louisiana they they, they want to be known as louisiana university of louisiana or louisiana because you'll get an email trust me you will get an email <laughs> they're watching um, the stream they, been, <laughs> there are there are two who really come after you and it's it's lala and it's our, our friends down the street and with a little bit of uh uh, USC not being called Southern Cal on the side. You will get an email from an SID at some point, but um,
0: <laughs> yeah, those those are the three. Um, so yeah, so I, I, Pat, Pat Tony has been pretty good at at uh, Louisiana, and his safeties coach is a former Alabama great. Uh, has experience coaching in Florida. Has experience coaching in Tampa. Has experience coaching on Fowler. you get excited. <laughs> Uh, West neighbors was West, West neighbors oh, could, okay. could come back, you know, with, with pack. I mean, it uh, seems like West got a better job offer. So you yeah, know, if he brings, I think Wes wanted to, Wes and Billy, I believe go, go back a little bit. And then Wes and in, in the, the DC, I believe also have some history. So could be a package deal. now you're, now you're solving your, your safeties coach issue. And uh, you just, you know, plug and play the, the rest of the guys. Maybe I know I find it difficult for Ernie Sims, who's been a, a pretty good recruiter, and Daquan Bowers has been a good recruiter for the Bulls uh, on the defensive side of the ball to be let go. I think that may cause a little bit more pause on the recruiting front. So just kind of fix the head man, maybe get Pat Tony in here and then bring Wes into to coach safeties.
2: Yeah, I mean, you could you could the way the defense is split up, you could keep those guys and just make it a one defensive. Because what is Tony coach? I'm not sure what's his position group. Does he have one?
0: Let me double check. I th- I wanted to say it was linebackers. Let me double check. Because you though. could you could have two
2: linebackers coaches instead of two defensive back. You could you could kind of you could make the that changes there in any way you want. But that's just I threw his name out just because. If he's a guy that kind of gets left behind, I mean, that's a really good candidate. I mean, that's the guy that uh, some people I talked to wanted Florida to hire when Mullen was still there as, as a like one of the defensive coordinator uh, hires. So you may get a guy like that that kind of comes loose in the coaching carousel and go snap him up.
1: We shall see. Like I, I think we are all.
2: Yeah, it's all just throwing darts right now.
1: We're throwing darts, and, and where's Newberg when we need him? Like he's, you know, or or somebody else is like plugged into the assistant coaching community around here. Like, because I'm not, you know, I don't know any of that stuff. I, I'm better on the admin side.
2: Yeah, and I and I, I mean, we, we. I'm sure we'll start working on something and talking about it and researching. But until we know kind of what he's looking for, it's really hard to narrow down. You know, because if he doesn't want a guy with coordinator experience already, well, that opens the pool wide. You know, so, for sure. Okay. Well, I
0: I assume Jeff's going to want a defensive coordinator who will be multiple, aggressive, will blitz, um, a real a real players coach, a, do- so, a dog yeah. in recruiting, yeah, <laughs> yeah just a tireless dog. Recruiter. Recruiter. tireless recruiter,
1: tireless recruiter. And
0: to answer your question there, Seth, uh, Patrick Tony is responsible for outside linebackers as well.
2: Well, there you go. Keep Sims for inside backers. He takes outside backers. One DB coach, you're good to go. Well, if you have outside backers, that means you're running a 3-4. Or in, two
1: inside. If you have inside backers, I should say but you're a 3-4. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. If that's what they're running. I, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if all the
0: linebackers came back, you're, who are your four linebackers? Andrew Mims, Tamar's Bellamy, and then Dwayne Boyles and Antonio Greer.
1: I think it's uh, Andrew Mims and two guys you get in the portal. Maybe a heist, maybe a freshie. Like, I mean, you know, I mean we're, turn- sh- Look, man, we're turning be-
2: over this roster, boys. Boyle getting- should be oh. a, Boyles would be a great 3-4 outside linebacker. It's what I thought they were going to make him when Spencer came in is a, more of a stand-up and outside linebacker type. Which I thought he did pretty well the year, previous year as a pass rusher. That hey, man, Yeah, so I, I they've got some guys that can fit different things. Um, the depth obviously needs to, to be built on, but they're—I mean—they're I mean, they're getting after it in the portal and through the JUCO ranks. So I, I think they understand what needs to be done. Um, the concern was they didn't understand maybe what needed to be done at the coaching level, but we see that they. They understood quite well and, and made that change today. So,
1: yeah, good job.
0: And, yeah, and as uh, as we wrap up, as we've been talking for and rambling for an hour, um, just Vito, cut half of this shit out. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the podcast listeners will get a, a much cleaner version of this, I'd assume. Um, it it was the right call. It was needed. Um, that's really my final thought. I'm gonna have to figure out a new profile picture. That's that's the real See, downside mine, to this. Mine,
1: I have the best one, I have the best one in America right now. Yeah, that was, really that was pretty good. Yeah, that's hilarious. I mean, Toe from At Toe from Mejia, he's also on a um, he's hilarious on TikTok too. Stand up comedian, USF grad, Eagles fan too. Um, and a stand up comedian in uh, Seattle, and he's a diehard Bulls fan, and uh. Yeah, go see my Twitter profile. It's it's hilarious. Also, um, you need to call uh, Melissa and Jay over at Irish 31 because I've been wearing an Irish 31 hat this entire podcast live on video. So make sure you get those extra um,
2: uh, <laughs> Look dollars. in the corner,
1: Colin. I, I know. I see I see the logo, but they're getting two logos now because... Like, double look, logo. now they're getting Double the logo. Double the logo. So uh, good job, Jay, giving me this hat many years ago that is one of my favorite hats actually to wear. So... <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, thanks for thanks for tuning in. I think we got a, had
0: a lot of live listeners. Appreciate you guys tuning in. And Aaron, you know our initial thoughts. We'll have a we'll have uh, we'll probably do the film room on Monday because I think Tuesday is probably going to be a pretty poignant uh-huh. uh, Balloon ID podcast after uh, the coaching uh, shuffle and having hearing Jeff Scott speak to the media prior to Black Friday at Central Florida three thirty Eastern on ESPN two. If I'm not mistaken, maybe ESPN, one of the two, I will be out there. Uh, Morgan will be out there taking photos for us. And then I've got to fly right back to get on my 5 a.m. flight to Vegas on Saturday morning. So fun weekend. Hey, sure- well, again, thanks for listening to this emergency edition of the naughty podcast proudly presented by Irish 31. Make sure you guys head out there, have some drinks, uh, celebrate, that there's a changing of the card and usf did something about it before it was too late and they're going to i truly believe jeff scott's going to nail this defensive coordinator higher the bulls are going to go six and six next year and they're going to go to a bowl game i agree uh nathan's You're thoughts right, sub, <laughs> disclaimer Nathan, nathan's thoughts are subject to change
1: <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah, upon, hey, also unseeing the hire <laughs> And, as, and as, by the way, while we're here, if we're going to start throwing flowers and throwing darts, um, hey, board uh, of trustees, don't let us go cheap on this hire. Find the money. Find you it. win? Find the money. You got the money. Yeah, there's other projects you need to worry about. But if you are gonna talk about stadiums and things like that, you need to invest in the program, not just in terms of facilities, not just in terms of what you've done. But you also need to make sure that what we have now is more sustainable. So, um, yeah, don't. Don't end up. Don't force Jeff Scott's hand into making a hire that he doesn't want to make because he can't afford the guy that he wants. Step up, spend the cash. I ask will. Willie how that happened. Oh, ask Willie how I got stuck with uh, Breezy. Um, because they said, "Well, you've never been a head. You've never been a head coach before, so we're going to give you that to coordinate this experience." Um, yeah, it never works, man. Don't don't overplay your hand. Just and it's hard. Look, I understand this is a tough racket. It is tough to put together a staff, but like going on the cheap doesn't help. No. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. You. Are you willing to do a go bulls tonight? Yeah. go
0: bulls. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, absolutely. They did a great job. Go bulls. Go, go bulls. bulls. Nice job. Bulls.